you know, and as you said, mm-hmm. if you went back to the fifties, maybe uh, I don't have that chart in front of me, but I'm sure we'd see the same kind of roller coaster up and down, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look at this chart now, it looks very dramatic, but in 10, 15 years from now, when you zoom out, like it'll probably be similar. Like there's probably going to be something else where, you know, rates come down, they stay stagnant for a while, something happens, it triggers them up or down and so on and so forth. So I think we've just been fortunate that we haven't seen these fluctuations in, in our home ownership cycle, you know, unless you bought before 2006. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today. Recording in progress. Yay us. Hello, everybody. We are back. We're back. It's August. It has been August. uh, Yeah, I guess it was August last week, too. (laughs) Uh, August for me. New new episode in August for me. Okay, I'm back. I'm feeling good. Um, Yeah, I came off a uh, vacation the week prior, which... uh, I'd been planned for a few years, went to, out west with the kids and uh, and Sandra to Banff, which was amazing, and uh, came back and then got the uh, post-vacation uh, one-day flu. You know, you you come home, you're all jacked up, and then your body crashes, and you're like, okay, back to reality, you know? The post-vacation vid. That's yeah. That's what they call it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> right in the deep end. <laughs> Don't know about that, but uh, <clears throat> we'll see. The, uh, the V-squared, the vacation Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. Uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I am one of your hosts, and I'm here today with David Warren. Uh, Greg, unfortunately, is not with us. We'll get the trifecta back at some point, actually. Uh, we actually, next week, I might as well mention it now, we're going to be live on Tuesday night, and we're going to have a special guest. One of our uh, lenders, Darren Campbell, is going to be joining us from uh, Westboro, and uh, he's going to talk about all the great things they're doing over there. And figured a live show would be a, a you know a different uh, a different vibe for a guest. You know they can uh, actually chime in and people can ask questions. And I think it'll be a pretty good dynamic. We also have done them before plenty of times. We just forget to actually mention it on air the yeah, week yeah. prior. So <laughs> then people are um, messaging us Tuesday like, "What? Where's the show this week?" And uh, <laughs> oh yeah, we're doing it tonight. Forgot to mention that. So yeah, so Tuesday night next week, which will be I think the sixteenth, fifteenth, fifteenth. Uh, we'll be we'll be live so make sure to tune in for that if you haven't already before we get into it obviously make sure to subscribe uh like and share the channel and uh we're here we're back it feels good we took a long break or maybe too long a break i think we all kind of got out of the saddle there for uh for a month and kind of did our summer things um it seems to be what's happening in the market as well david uh, people are taking vacations and doing their summer things you know um great segue Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we saw the uh, the numbers came out last week for Ottawa for uh, the data, the data for, for July. Uh, number of sales were down. Uh, we can get a bit deeper into the stats, but average sale price was up and months of inventory was up. So, you know, we saw a number of sales. We saw 979. This is, I think, freehold because I, I think freehold. there was actually a yeah. few more. Um, I think it's about 1,200 if you include condos. 
So just under a thousand freehold average sale price was 754,000. So up about 8,000 from June. And then months of inventory now is sitting at 2.7 months. So it seems like, don't quote me, but it seems like things are balancing out. Mm -hmm. Would you say? Yeah. yeah. I mean, from, from May, we were down as low as uh, 1.5 months of inventory at 745 average home price. And it's kind of ticked up and almost doubled in inventory on the market, but that sell price has increased. I think one of the interesting points of that freehold average sell price is that it's actually up 5% from 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, so from, from June, uh, or sorry, rather from July 2022, we're actually up 5%, which is, I think for a lot of people would be surprising to hear. Um, and then the same, you know, as you mentioned with, uh, with the condo month over month, there was 284 sales, Average sell price of four hundred thirty-five thousand. The average, the months on inventory ticked up pretty dramatically. Two point three months uh, in June, it was only one point four. Uh, but again, the average sell price or average, uh, yeah, the average sell price was still up two percent from a year ago, um, which I thought again is is pretty interesting. I mean, certainly the you know, and, and you know, we see it, and we're Greg and I were talking about it last week as well that people go on vacation July and August kids are out of school people kind of stop looking at homes or, or purchasing they don't want to move or or you know they're tied up with kids being uh back at home maybe not in camps yet or anything like that but yeah everyone kind of away taking vacation and we certainly see that over uh July and August but I thought what was really interesting of the all of that data is just that the the average price points being being up from last year yeah, I've seen at least, and I know I, <clears throat> I use my uh, my street as kind of a, a microcosm of the world. Uh, but I've seen multiple listings come up on the street recently, and we were saying that you know last time there was rate hikes that we would probably see an abundance of listings coming out. I know this only shows sales, but I would love to see. Um, well, I guess the inventory there it is. Yeah, never mind. I was gonna say I'd love to see how many more like new listings came out. There's no there's no actual like number, but an extra six months of inventory means obviously there was a there was an increase in in listings and you can actually see the last major rate hike uh which was i guess may april you know the inventory at least slightly crept up and then uh, obviously plummeted once everyone started buying homes um but rates has been interesting the last couple of weeks too dave because we've seen now speculation that uh with some of the inflation and unemployment numbers coming out that there probably won't be a rate hike in september very likely uh, who knows? It's a yo-yo. It's a yo-yo. Yo day by tomorrow, day. Tomorrow will be guaranteed. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. But also the fixed rates, you, you know, you we were mentioning before we came on the air here that we've been seeing the the bond rates um, come down as well uh, over the last week since that announcement of the unemployment. So where, in your opinion, like where do you think rates are going in the next three months, let's say? Because that's, you know, our business is kind of, we always work on kind of a 120-day cycle, right? We're always locking mm -hmm. people in for three, four months ahead. Um, so, you know, what, what kind of conversations do you have and where do you see those rates going? So last week's, uh, conversations were interesting because, you know, the, uh, by and large, most all banks increased their fixed rates, uh, pretty dramatically. They jumped from, they jumped up 10, 15, even 20 basis points for a lot of the major banks, for a lot of the monoline lenders as well on conventional and insured rates. Um, and, and that was because the, um, the bonds uh, had been trading up over 4% and, and are hovering around 4% for a little while. And so, um, you know, and I know we talk about, 
the bonds uh we, we've been talking about it um kind of more recently or, or over the last little while um there's a misconception that the what the bank of canada does uh with the overnight lending rate affects fixed rates uh which is not the case there is a little bit of a correlation but fixed rate mortgages are tied to the corresponding government bond so a five-year fixed is tied to the five-year government bond, four-year, four-year government bond, et cetera. Um, all the rates increased last, end of last week, kind of in that Wednesday to Friday mark. Uh, but on, as of fr on Friday, um, the 4th, we had the unemployment, the Canadian unemployment numbers come out uh, and it crept up. So the unemployment rates went to 5.5%, which we then immediately saw a drop in the bonds uh, mm. they look for in the market for you know positive numbers if you will for inflation to slow down for um you know what's what's going on with the with the figures so higher unemployment is actually a good thing for the for the bond market um and for the bank of canada but they want a higher unemployment rate they want inflation to slow down and so you can actually see on this graph that um Stephen, if you can bring it up there, if you don't already have it up, um, that, uh, that you can see on on Friday the 4th, um, it dropped pretty drastically. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we kind of saw, saw it fall off and we've seen it, um, you know, kind of this morning it opened up already. It's down eight basis points um, today with the market being closed yesterday. Um, I think if that, what happens is if, if this sustains, so we were on Thursday, uh, opening of the market Friday, we were over four uh, percent for the mm -hmm. for the bonds. So bonds were at four point oh six percent. They were looking um, good either. Like it yeah. had been a pretty steady trajectory upwards. Yeah, and then and and really, you know, when that happens, the banks borrow off the bonds, and they have a spread um, for where they price their uh, fixed rate mortgages. So they're borrowing uh, against that bond. The you know, as we see it come down for a steady period of time or elevate for a period of time, that's what when they adjust that spread and where your rate, where they see your rates. So they're up right now. There is quite a bit of spread between them. I think if it maintains kind of consistently going lower and, and mm -hmm. positive information coming out of the market, meaning um, inflation coming down, higher unemployment, you know, pain in the market, if you will, is kind of a good thing. Uh but then we'll see those rates tick down. And when it's consistent for a period of time of staying low, that's when you'll see the banks start dropping their rates. So um, really over the next, um, you know, really month leading into September's announcement yeah. um, by the Bank of Canada, I think it'll be interesting to see how these numbers sustain if, if there still is increasing positive uh, data coming out. Uh, of the uh, from Stats Canada, from you know where things are at, um, leading into where inflation's at prior to that announcement. Uh, I think that's really going to dictate. It's hard to say um, because you know early last week we would have said that you know rates are going to continue to elevate and stay elevated, uh, but then we have some some good data coming out that surprised the market actually. So it's it's so difficult to to predict right now again i i think kind of looking at those shorter term rates of the even though they are in the mid you know low and mid sixes now for the for the three year and and two year and things like that but i think those are the 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 conversations that need to be had and, and people need to think about um of kind of that hedge if you will mm -hmm. are you still like i'm still having a lot of people 
Uh, and again, there's always a, a lag. Like it seems whenever, uh, like I, I, the reason I'm saying this, sorry. I still have people asking about three are fixed, like two and three are fixed with the anticipation that, you know, rates are going to be down. We talked about this, you know, six to 12 months ago, maybe, uh, which I think was probably, you know, when it first, when the five-year rates first started to spike up, I think that was probably your best bet to get into the two and three years. The two and three years obviously have now caught up where they're, you know, high fives, low sixes, uh, and doesn't seem to make sense for many people. There's a couple lenders I, I've seen that are in kind of the high fives that, you know, some people are still interested in. But I think, as you said, like if we can see these bond rates hold for another two or three weeks, I think, well, lenders will probably respond sooner than that. But I think lenders are very reluctant to to drop rates. Not not that they're necessarily greedy in, in the sense that they, they want to keep the rates high. But I think when they start dropping rates, it, it, it does create a ripple in the market of I don't want to say excitement, but activity maybe. People are, oh, rates are on rates are declining now, you know. So as soon as that rate ticks down and people are like, oh, the rates have actually dropped this week, then it seems to stimulate the market. So I think there might be a bit of a lag there where there people they're kind of waiting, as you said, to see how long are these rates, how long are the bond rates mm -hmm. actually going to stay low before they before they float down. Whereas if the bond rates go up maybe for a couple of days, like, okay, well, let's let's get that spread back, you know, let's increase the rates. So I would say we'll probably. Yeah, it'd probably be at least a week or two before we see rates start to to decrease, which, as you said, kind of lines up very nicely with the the Bank of Canada announcement. Obviously, different different metrics, but I think you know they they seem to at least be moving around the same time over the last mm -hmm. year and a half or so. Um, there's a graph that I sent Stephen, which was kind of the uh, historical mortgage rate since 2006, which I thought was a very interesting visual because. Um, you know, people, like, as we said, everything is cyclical, but you can see uh, if Stephen has a graph up there, I'm not sure if he does, but the uh, it shows a uh, basic graph shows five-year fixed rate mortgages, five-year variable rate mortgages, and then three-year fixed rate mortgages. And it shows the best Canada mortgage rate comparison. So kind of just like a nice, for anyone listening, it's just kind of like a nice graph right, right across the board. <clears throat> and you can see like the massive spike, obviously, uh, 2022, especially in the variable rates, uh, pretty much just a, you know, the wrong type of hockey stick curve that you don't want to see mm -hmm. uh, when you're a homeowner, but uh, but they are kind of hitting like that orange line. I think is as of today, and you know, I just whatever goes up has to come down. So I, I think you know, there's only so much further that we that we can see rates go up. Obviously, I'm not an economist, um, but just from what we've seen and, and looking at these graphs, I mean, there's you know, we're we're a lot of people are very tight, as you said. The unemployment rates now uh, have shifted. I think that the uh, inflation numbers, which I don't know exactly when the next announcement for that is as far as uh, CPI, but probably in the next few weeks, that'll be very telling. And obviously, as we all know, that we're, you know, we're coming into potentially an election year as well. So, you know, there's a lot of, I think, um, movement and a lot of, uh, you mm -hmm. know, backdoor conversations that are happening regarding all of these different statistics. Uh, and how they impact things and, you know, what sort of shifts they want to make and so on. So, yeah, I think, you know, I heard uh, another one of our agents, not our agents, but another agent kind of in the mortgage broker community stating that, uh, you know, time to buckle up because the next, you know, six to 12 months is going to be interesting. You know, it'll be interesting to see where everything lands. Yeah, I, I completely agree it's um i'm sorry i'm kind of uh looking to see when the uh when the announcement for the next inflation mm. uh, report yeah but, i feel like it's um, not as widely announced they just kind of like hey by the way the numbers are out it's like what <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows nobody expects it yeah um but yeah i think um 
I think it is to your point, you know, where we're at. And I know we've said it um, before from a rate perspective, but, you know, looking at that shorter term, um, when you look at that graph, I think that's great. You know, you kind of see that spike in, in 20, in 2009, I think it was showing um, obviously not a, a great, a great year of 28, yeah. uh, 08 and 09 uh, in the U S market, but uh, it does show you um, what kind of happened with our rates as well and, and where they were um, and how, you know, they were still impacted with what was going on in the States when we weren't as affected, but um, everything is like cyclical. When you look at the historical rates dating back to 54, you can find those graphs of, of kind of where, where prices in, have been it within Ottawa, where rates have been. Um, and they, you know, there are years in which there's double digit growth and from a, a, a drop in value, you know, it's typically never been, or, or I shouldn't say never, I, I believe the stat actually since 54 in Ottawa, at least has never, hasn't been a double digit decrease year over year um, figure. So I'm curious to see right now we're 9% off last year's high. Um, so I'm interested to see where we end up by the end of the year in that regard to see if we break that double digit drop. I think if we hold steady with, um, you know, kind of, again, I put in air quotes, but positive data coming out, uh, from stats can of, of unemployment, inflation and core inflation and, and, and all that, that, um, we'll hopefully see rates start ticking down, which, you know, coming out of the, out of the late, out of Labor Day weekend, um, and kids back in school is typically when the market picks up normally anyway. So huh. this high inventory of 2.7, I think it likely will tick up through August as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll be interested to see what, what that looks like come September and October um of where you know those will be the i think those two months will be you know really just september's almost alone will be kind of indicative of where we're going to end up on the end of the year i i feel from a pricing point year over year um inventory all that of where our trends are heading because <clears throat> you're kind of kind of two things that are coming into play and and coinciding is um a bank of canada rate announcement beginning of of september uh, you've got the U.S. inflation um, numbers coming out beginning of September as well as Canada. Um, and that's typically when the market picks back up anyways, because kids are back in school. So you have, if those, if we stay, if we stay even uh, from the Bank of Canada and it's strong numbers of inflation coming down and, and unemployment going up and things like that, and inflation from the U.S. coming down, then, then I think we will see a strong September, but it'll, it'll be really interesting to see how those kind of line up. Yeah. And a strong September too would mean, you know, if people are buying in September, they're probably not closing till, you know, October, November. So when we're looking at these date, like, you know, the sales numbers and so on, that's when the actual transaction happens, right? So anyone buying in September, we probably won't actually see that till October, mm -hmm. November, December, as far as sales. But I agree. I think August, we're going to see a lot more listings. I think there's probably going to be a, almost like a an oversupply for a couple weeks. And I think September is going to be kind of gangbusters. Like everyone that's kind of been waiting will be like, all right, let's pull the trigger. Let's get over with. Um, and especially if we see, po you know, as you said, positive news in the sense of rates potentially declining and so on, like we could see a really huge ramp up at the end of this year. I wanted to go back to that, ch that chart quickly about the mortgage rates. I think we're also... You know, anyone who's bought a home in the last, say, 15 years is probably in 
this weird kind of delusion of rates, like the, their expectation of rates. Because if you look at that graph from basically like 2010 to 2020, there's there's really no movement. Like it, it you know, mm-hmm. ranges from maybe three, mm-hmm. three and a half percent, maybe high, like low, low th- or high three, sorry, low fours, but never goes crazy high or low, right? And then when COVID hit, we saw rates plummet, which was obviously unprecedented. And now they've completely spiked up, which was also at least over the last 10, 15 years was unprecedented. So people had never been through that sort of fluctuation, you know, and as you said, mm-hmm. if you went back to the fifties, maybe uh, I don't have that chart in front of me, but I'm sure we'd see the same kind of roller coaster up and down, you know? Mm-hmm. And if you look at this chart now, it looks very dramatic, but in 10, 15 years from now, when you zoom out, like it'll probably be similar. Like there's probably going to be something else where, you know, rates come down, they stay stagnant for a while, something happens, it triggers them up or down and so on and so forth. So I think we've just been fortunate that we haven't seen these fluctuations in, in our home ownership cycle, you know, unless you bought before 2006. But uh, yeah, as you said, like everything's kind of cyclical. And that's why I think like we see the numbers down in July as far as transactions. That to me just makes me think like August will probably be similar. And then like we saw January, February, March, we saw a slight increase. April was higher. May was kind of the, the, the pinnacle. And then it started to come down again. I think August will balance out. And then I think, as you said, September, October, November, we'll see the numbers come up again. And then, you know, December, January, probably stagnate a bit. But who knows? What do we know, David? I, we're just, uh, we're just think, here for the coffee, you know? Yeah. I think um, one thing that we all, that, to your point of of us being lucky within Canada the last 15 years um and you know even like you said looking at that chart averaging between two and four percent for fixed and variable um through that whole period <clears throat> I believe I believe they say that around the four to four and a half percent mark is where mortgage rates should be for fixed um to create more of a balanced market we've since seen such a run-up of prices within Canada from you know, for various reasons, you know, low interest rate environment creates demand, but also uh, obviously, you know, crazy, you know, high in um, immigration, which we've been seeing more recently as well, and 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 supply not keeping up. Um, so I'm curious to also see over the next period of time how that rates kind of whether they do come back to that in the threes or whether they are more stay more in that four range. I mean, in Canada, we have we are. Um, we have been on the very much the lower end of rates when you look um, across the world. You know, even the U.S. like the typical rates, like a good rate, is in the fours, uh, and has been all through that run up of when we were at our lows. There were there were still like a good rate was in the fours and fives and things like that, um, and they've been operating that way. We've just been very fortunate um, to see rates as low as they have been. Uh, globally, you see in in many places around the world, typical rates in the seven to nine percent range. Um, I remember getting a call from a buddy that lives in Bermuda during COVID, and and he was wondering because we were such low rates, he was wondering if there's anything I could do because he was buying, um, and and you know really, COVID. Yeah, Bermuda is a, a tax haven, so people think that it's got to be uh, low rates and all this. They were paying he was paying eight percent. Mm. Um, he was in private banking. He was, you know, does really well. 8% was the best rate that he was going to get while we were sitting in the ones. Um, this is before any rate increases. When you look at, when I speak to clients that are coming over from, um, countries in like, uh, through the middle East, like Saudi Arabia or anywhere like that, they're in the 8% ranges. 
um, through Africa, same, same idea. And that's before, and that was during COVID that's before this, this run up of inflation and rates and, and monetary policy. So, um, we are very spoiled in Canada with our rates. And I know that doesn't help justify anything that we're seeing. And, and obviously this run up, I hope, um, comes to an end sooner rather than later. And, and it comes back down, uh, you know, selfishly also for my own mortgage <laughs> and uh and my own variable my own variable rate mortgage but uh yeah we're just holding on eh we, yeah it is something that just we white you know, knuckling we, like ah. oh, yeah. but, to, but to your point of people like over the last 15 years just be, being spoiled and not seeing rates as high as they are absolutely but we also need to be very aware that over that 15 years home your home price has definitely doubled or more than doubled over that period of time yeah paid off a ton of principal and you know really just you know, feel fortunate of where over that run up of the last 15 years of, of how well you were able to do over that period. Um, and even in the last five years, you've likely seen your, your home price double, um, and build that, that equity wealth within that. So, you know, kind of to your, to your point, hold on right now, kind of weather the storm as much as you can. Um, and what Greg and I were talking about last week is really just look, if you're looking at a mortgage right now, and you're our first time home buyer or having to renew or anything like that, you know, the term really regardless of the term, uh, whether you're looking at one to five year, it's really just comes down to your budget. Look at your budget, what you're comfortable with. If you don't want to have to go through, you know, analyzing this in two years or three years, do go with that five-year fixed. If that fits your budget and you're comfortable with that, you know, go with that, that term and really just kind of be cognizant of what, where you're at right now, you're, um, affordability at this point in time and, and where you're, you know, whether it's going to make you anxious thinking like, I'm going to have to go through this in two years or three years. Um, you know, maybe that five year is still uh, a valid term for you. Yeah. I think a lot of people are shifting their financial view on things, right? Like, you know, uh, people had been kind of spending, spending, spending over the last 10 years, again, because of this consistency. And I think now the last couple of years have really shown between the pandemic and rates increasing and so on. I think people have kind of curbed their maybe spending habits. And uh, I saw this interesting thing online earlier. It said, basically, there's no better investment than actually paying off your debt right now because um, it, it's an after-tax return, basically. And for anyone in that kind of 45% tax bracket, the rate of return, I think, was something like 18 or 19% in a TFSA is what you'd have to get to, to make it as profitable as paying off your debt like if you had like a 10 percent line of credit basically you'd have to do you know better than warren buffett to to basically uh outperform you know paying the debt down as far as returns and so on like like true returns um the last thing i wanted to touch on today at least was uh, a very interesting chart i saw last week that I, I did post on my on my social so if anyone's listening and you want to actually see it uh, and you're not watching uh, it was basically a comparison of uh rent to mortgage payments in uh, a lot of Canadian major cities. I apologize, not everyone is represented in this chart. Uh, mm -hmm. I got ripped apart by a few people on Facebook for not including their cities. Okay, well, I didn't make the chart. Okay, um, but uh, but there's some pretty interesting ones here. You can see that there's a, a massive um, uh, a massive uh, what am I trying to say? Disparity. I was going to say disparaging, but uh, disparity in in Vancouver. Uh, mortgage payments are at at on average about fifty two hundred, and the rent was thirty four hundred. Ottawa's a bit tamer. Average mortgage payments about twenty eight hundred. 
and rent is 2200 which I think might actually be a bit low on the rent side. I think rent's actually a bit higher than that now, maybe 23 2400 uh, And there's a few other ones here. Montreal is showing uh, average mortgage payments about 2200 and rent's 1946 And of course, Toronto mortgage payment averages five over 5000 now is the average mortgage payment and average rent just under 3000 2937 which is wild. Like I would love to see this chart year over year you know if you could actually see it for like from like 19 or sorry mm -hmm. 1919 from uh 2019 until now to kind of see how those prices on both ends have, have increased i think <clears throat> i mean it 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 is very interesting it also goes to kind of that notion of how long can some of the mom and pop investors hold on because every you know rental properties yeah. right now and we talked about it I think a few months ago, but every, you know, really any rental property, um, I think it was Greg that said that he was running through the numbers, unless you're putting down, you know, 50%, 40%, the numbers just didn't make sense um, yeah. from where the payments and where the rent is. And so there is a lot there, you know, there is go going to be a, a shortage of single family home, you know, uh, freehold rental options out there because that's not what the big and that's not what the big investors are buying. That's not what the CLVs are buying or, or, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, these are the mom and pop investors buying single family home rentals and townhomes and things like that. If they're not able to cover break, even it's a significant loss monthly, which we're seeing in this chart even illustrates that further yeah. in, in all these different markets, we're going to see those people having to sell those properties. Um, and rightfully so. And, and, you know, that's going to leave a big um, hole in the rental market. Mm -hmm. um, so again, that goes to hopefully rates can come down and that, that disparity between the two and Delta between the, the two of what rents are and mortgage payments are um, that that shrinks and, and becomes more, more in line and level with, uh, with where rents are at. So those, so those mom and pop investors that, um, are able to at least cover their expenses <clears throat> and and satisfy that that need in the marketplace. Oh, <clears throat> you're on mute there, Paul. I don't know what happened. Son of a gun. Um, yeah, no, I had a. I don't know. Every yeah, I'm back. I'm back. We're fine. Um, <clears throat> so it's gonna be a bumpy ride. And every morning, for whatever reason, my first, whenever I have my coffee in the morning. The throat hates it. It's like for like the first half hour. Uh, which an engine, be the recording an engine of starting the up. An engine yeah. starting up. It sputters to start. Yeah, like an old lawnmower. Yeah, just, just kicking here. <laughs> um, well, we got through. I don't know how we got through all those topics. I thought we had a lot, uh, a lot of charts to work through, but we did it. Congratulations! Well, we actually came with we actually came with charts this week instead of just yeah. rambling, which is impressive as well in its own <laughs> right. Uh, should we slide into some mood boosts? Let's do it. We missed them last week, so yeah. <laughs> There's a few comments about that in the. Uh... We just we just ended. We just we just hit stop. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Uh, all right, so number one here. Uh, where are they? Number one. This is an oldie but a goodie. Uh, how do you follow Will Smith in the snow? You follow the Fresh Prince. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I've heard that one a few times, but it's a it's a classic. Uh, number two, this is very, this is almost too honest. I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. Turns out it was a refrigerator all along. 
<laughs> it's a little close to home. Um, number three, what do you call a factory that makes okay products? A satisfactory. A satisfactory. And uh, I got one closer here. Uh, number four, what did the swordfish say to the marlin? You're looking sharp. I like those. I like those. I like the. I like the easy and dumb to the point. Yeah, thinkers. I'm not. I don't want to think. I don't want to yeah. think on them. Don't get too complex here. <laughs> uh, thank you, everyone, for listening uh, and tuning in. We will be back now. Well, no, we won't. We will be back next week live uh, Tuesday night at uh, 7 p.m. on YouTube. So you can head over there. As we said, we're gonna have a guest from uh, Westboro. And uh, yeah, this show will be released. It's it's actually Tuesday today. We're recording the day it will be released. So uh, you're getting it hot off the press today. But uh, typically shows are released 10 a.m. Tuesday mornings. Be sure to subscribe, like, share, comment. And uh, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Deuces. Bye, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.